This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Hi, I'm your inner dream monologue, and you're fast asleep, so I'll be quick. Great job using the Colgate Optic White Overnight Teeth Whitening Pen before bed. When used as directed, it gives you a visibly whiter smile in just seven days. So while I fly and talk to animals, you're removing teeth stains with ease. Sweet dreams. And when you wake up, keep on living life to the brightest. Colgate Optic White. Find it at all major retailers. Some new information on a story we've been following here on Happening Now, and it's very strange. The creepy clown sightings with police increasing patrols in a North Carolina neighborhood after two children reportedly saw a clown trying to lure kids into the woods with treats this past weekend. Yet another clown sighting in our area, this one in the Greensboro area, which is about 30 miles east of Winston-Salem, where there were those two sightings within the past... That this man actually tried to lure them in the woods. I was scared, and I was, I was scared and mad at the same time. You know, I wanted to get them myself. I have a four-year-old granddaughter that I'm raising, and she loves candy. She loves clowns. She loves all colorful things. So if that would have been her going in there, and I wouldn't have been able to find my baby. John, you know what? Actually developing in our newsroom right now, just within the past hour and a half, there has now been yet another clown sighting in our area. This one in the Greensboro area, which is about 30 miles east of Winston-Salem. At the end of the week, beep. It's all for the people of the quaint English town of Northampton to see, and in some cases, fear. I'd be terrified if I saw that clown at night, yeah. If you ran into him on the street, what would you do? <laughs> I'd probably run away. He's got quite a mean face on him. The last confirmed sighting of him was right by this. Welcome to another episode of 1001 Heroes, Legends, Histories, and Mysteries. It's great to be back with you. This episode is number four of our popular Urban Legends series, this one titled Send in the Clowns, and we're going to explore the recent clown paranoia that has struck the U.S. and abroad and try to answer why the fear of clowns keeps coming back to haunt us. I say coming back because bad clown legends and stories have been around for centuries, and one of the most scary and pervasive modern urban legends involves clowns. To those of you in our audience who work or have worked full or part-time as clowns, a big thanks to you for your part in making kids and adults laugh. But you might want to sideline that act for a while, as it's getting dangerous for you out there with armed citizens and cops now on the lookout for clowns, assuming that a few are trying to lure kids into the woods. Forget terrorists and campus killers. Hide the kids. America and Europe are being overrun by, you guessed it, Fear of Clowns.
First on the list today, as I prepare this show, we just reached 1 million episode downloads since our start a little over a year ago, and I thought it would be appropriate to thank all of you for being a part of it. Thank you for listening. Thanks for sharing with friends, and thanks for all the great feedback you send me through emails and Facebook. It is literally heartwarming. I still have 901 episodes to do, and the ideas are scattered on notes all over my office here, in drawers, on the bookshelves, in the file cabinet, in my car, everywhere. 1001 continues to be a very enjoyable romp through history, and I'm very grateful for your support. I also hope you're enjoying the classic short stories we occasionally throw in. They not only provide great entertainment, but they also remind us that our English language is really packed with great descriptive words and phrases that people just don't use enough of these days. Reading the classic writers is a great way to brush up on your English and add to your vocabulary and knowledge. And as an added note, please stay tuned for our show bloopers, which somehow always seem to happen when we do urban legends uh, at the end of this show. And second, a personal anecdote regarding clowns. I was working front desk at a Holiday Inn during the summer between college semesters, and we were busy taking reservations for the coming week. A call came in asking to reserve a room, and the conversation went something like this. Hello, Holiday Inn Northampton Boulevard. How may I help you? Yes, I need to reserve a room for next Wednesday. Do you have any available? Yes, we do. Single and double, smoking and non-smoking. Which would you prefer? I need a single non-smoking. Your name? McDonald. First name? Ronald. I chuckled at this point and said, Not the Ronald McDonald. He answered, Actually, yes, I'm coming to town to open up a new location near your hotel. And yes, I reserve rooms as Ronald McDonald, and here's the number to the corporate credit card. By now, I didn't know if he was pulling my leg or not. I ran the card and told him his room was guaranteed. This was in the days before email, so there was no confirmation to be sent. He chimed in. One more thing. Yes? I'll need a 50-foot parking space set aside for my train. No problem. Thanks for choosing Holiday Inn, Mr. McDonald. He answered, just call me Ronald. And true to form, he checked in the following Wednesday in full costume with his bright red wig face paint, colorful outfit, and giant red shoes, which he had no problem walking in. And it didn't take long for the kids to spot his train. In those days, nobody was afraid of clowns. Kids loved them, and moms and dads respected them. Circuses were still big. Names of famous clowns like Emmett Kelly and Bozo were legend. And clowns go way back. Clowns as pranksters, jesters, jokers, harlequins, and mythologized tricksters have been around for ages. They appear in most cultures. Pygmy clowns made Egyptian pharaohs laugh in 2500 BCE. In ancient imperial China, a court clown called Yuzi was, according to the lore, the only guy who could poke holes in Emperor Qin Shi Huang's plan to paint the Great Wall of China. Hopi Native Americans had a tradition of clown-like characters who interrupted serious dance rituals with ludicrous antics. Grimaldi was the first recognizable ancestor of the modern clown, accepted by most as the grandfather of clown evolution. He's the reason why clowns are still sometimes called joeys. Though his clowning was of a theatrical and not circus tradition, 
Grimaldi is so identified with modern clowns that a church in East London has conducted a Sunday service in his honor every year since 1959, with congregants all dressed in full clown regalia. Grimaldi suited up in bizarre, colorful costumes, stark white face paint punctuated by spots of bright red on his cheeks and topped with a blue mohawk. He was a master of physical comedy. He leapt in the air, stood on his head, fought himself in hilarious fisticuffs that had audiences rolling in the aisles, as well as of satire lampooning the absurd fashions of the day, comic impressions, and ribald songs. But because Grimaldi was such a star, the character he'd invented became closely associated with him, and Grimaldi's real life was anything but comedy. He'd grown up with a tyrant of a stage father. He was prone to bouts of depression. His first wife died during childbirth. His son was an alcoholic clown who drank himself to death by age 31. And Grimaldi's physical gyrations, the leaps and tumbles and violent slapstick that had made him famous, left him in constant pain and prematurely disabled. As Grimaldi himself joked, I am grim all day, but I make you laugh at night. That Grimaldi could make a joke about it highlights how well-known his tragic real life was to his audience. After Grimaldi died penniless and an alcoholic in 1837, a young Charles Dickens was charged with editing Grimaldi's memoirs. Dickens had already hit upon the dissipated, drunken clown theme in his 1836 The Pickwick Papers. In the serialized novel, he describes an off-duty clown reportedly inspired by Grimaldi's son, whose inebriation and ghastly wasted body contrasted with his white face paint and clown costume. Dickens invented the scary clown by creating a figure who was literally destroying himself to make his audiences laugh. What Dickens did was to make it difficult to look at a clown without wondering what was going on underneath the makeup. Following Grimaldi's fame in Britain, the major clown figure on the continent was Jean-Gaspard Dubarreau's Pierrot, a clown with white face paint punctuated by red lips and black eyebrows, whose silent gesticulations delighted French audiences. Dubarreau was as well-known on the streets of Paris as Grimaldi was in London, recognized even without his makeup. But where Grimaldi was tragic, Dubarreau was sinister. In 1836, Dubarreau killed a boy with a blow from his walking stick, after the youth shouted insults at him on the street. So the two biggest clowns of the early modern clowning era were troubled men, underneath all that face paint. Then came the circus, which got its start in the mid-1760s, with British entrepreneur Philip Astley's equestrian shows, exhibitions of feats of horsemanship in a circular arena. These trick-riding shows soon began attracting other performers, Along with the jugglers, trapeze artists, and acrobats, came clowns. Clowns were comic relief from the thrills and chills of the daring circus acts, performing suicidal feats and using wild gesticulations. England exported the circus and its clowns to America, where the genre blossomed. In late 19th century America, the circus went from a one-ring horse act to a three-ring extravaganza that traveled the country on the railways. Venues and humor changed, but images of troubled, sad, tragic clowns remained. Emmett Kelly, for example, was the most famous of the American hobo clowns, the sad-faced men with five o'clock shadows and tattered clothes who never smiled, but who were nonetheless hilarious. 
Kelly's Weary Willie was born of actual tragedy. The breakup of his marriage and America's sinking financial situation in the Depression of the 1930s. Then came the 50s with the television age and children's entertainers like Clarabelle the Clown, Howdy Doody's silent partner, and Bozo the Clown. Bozo, by the mid-60s, was the beloved host of a hugely popular, internationally syndicated children's show. There was a 10-year wait for tickets to see Bozo. In 1963, McDonald's brought out Ronald McDonald, the hamburger happy clown previously mentioned, who's been a brand ambassador ever since. Clowns equaled fun and smiles for kids. But today, things have changed. First, let's look at the widely shared urban legend that has dozens of variations, known best as the killer clown. It usually starts off as a true story of a friend of a friend, usually a girl in her teens, who is babysitting for a family You can start with Newport Beach, California, or for you East Coasters, in the Hamptons. The family is very wealthy, and it's a big house, with so many rooms, they're beyond counting. The parents are going out for the evening, and the father tells the babysitter that once the children are in bed, she should go to a specific room to watch TV, the assumption on her part being that he really doesn't want her wandering around the house. The parents leave, and soon she gets the kids into bed and goes to the room to watch TV. She tries watching TV, but she is disturbed by a clown statue in the corner of the room. She tries to ignore it for as long as possible, but it starts freaking her out so much that she can't handle it. She resorts to calling the father and asks, Hey, the kids are in bed, but is it okay if I switch rooms? This clown statue is really creeping me out. The father says, seriously, get the kids, go next door, and call 911. She asks, what's going on? He responds, just go next door, and once you call the police, call me back. So she wakes up the kids, grabs them, goes next door, and calls the police. When the police are on the way, she calls the father back and asks, so really, what's going on? He responds, we don't have a clown statue. He then further explains that the children have been complaining about a clown watching them as they sleep. He and his wife have just blown it off, assuming they were having nightmares. The police arrive and apprehend... The clown, who turns out to be a midget. As the story goes, the midget clown was a slightly nutty homeless person disguised as a clown who somehow got into the house and had been living there for several weeks. He admitted to the police that he would come into the kids' rooms at nights and watch them while they slept. As the house was so large, he was able to avoid detection, surviving off their food, etc. He had been in the TV room right before the babysitter came in, probably fishing movie popcorn or Cheetos from the sofa cracks where the maid had missed. When the babysitter entered, he didn't have enough time to hide, so he just froze in place and pretended to be a statue. A similar version has a girl babysitting a sleeping infant. She goes up regularly to check on the baby, and the third time notices a life-size clown standing in the corner or sitting in the crib. A few minutes later, the parents call, and the babysitter mentions the clown and how unnerving it is. The parents relate that they've never bought a clown, and the police are called. The clown is discovered to be a local sex offender waiting for the babysitter to go to sleep before attacking her. And there's lots more clown stories out there. On May 26, 1990, a West Palm Beach, Florida woman named Marlene Warren opened her door to a brown-eyed clown wearing a bright orange wig and carrying flowers and a balloon. She was shot and killed on her doorstep. 
Discover why critics are calling Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes the best film of the franchise. What a wonderful day! It's a jaw-dropping spectacle that demands to be seen on the biggest screen possible. I need to go. Hang on. It is our time. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Now playing only in theaters. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. Then there's John Wayne Gacy, of course, who, during the mid-1970s, murdered 33 young men and buried their bodies under his Chicago home. The media christened him the Killer Clown because he was known for hosting neighborhood parties at which he dressed up as a clown. In 1981, in Brookline, Massachusetts, children said that men dressed up as clowns had attempted to lure them into a van. The panic spread throughout the U.S. in the Midwest and Northeast. It resurfaced in 1985 in Phoenix, Arizona, in 1991 in West Orange, New Jersey, and 1995 in the Honduras. Later sightings include Chicago, Illinois in 2008. Explanations for the staying power of the clown phenomenon have ranged from Stephen King's book, It, and the crimes of previously mentioned serial killer John Wayne Gacy, to a moral panic influenced by contemporaneous fears of satanic ritual abuse. It also shows similarities to the story of the Pied Piper of Hamlin. No adult or police officer has ever seen the evil clowns, though a prankster called the Northampton Clown in England has been cited as a real-life example of an evil clown. Further complaints of evil clown pranksters have been reported in France and the United States, possibly inspired by American horror story Freak Show. All of which brings us to the most recent clown sightings in South Carolina, which have led to dozens of articles. This from a New York Times article by Katie Rogers, dated August 30th, 2016, entitled, Creepy Clown Sightings in South Carolina Cause a Widespread Panic. Reported sightings of one or more clowns are alarming some residents of a town in South Carolina. At the edge of dark, dark woods in South Carolina, children have been telling adults that a group of clowns have been trying to lure them into a cluster of trees. They say the clowns live deep in the woods, near a house by a pond. This tale sounds like a mishmash of newspaper clippings and pages ripped from Stephen King novels, but these are actually details taken from a report filed by the Sheriff's Office in Greenville County, South Carolina, last week, after several residents at an apartment complex there said that people in clown makeup have been terrorizing both children and adults. Several children said that the clowns are offering them money to follow them into the woods, close to the house by the pond. A woman walking home late one night said she'd seen a large-figured clown waving at her from under a streetlight, the police said. She waved back. And another woman said her son had heard clanging chains and a banging noise at his front door. In these cases, people who reported clown sightings refused to give their names to the police. The police don't know whether the stories are coming from the imaginations of children or something sinister is afoot, but panicked residents seem to be taking the law into their own hands the Greenville Sheriff's Office investigated reports that residents of the apartment complex may have fired shots in the direction of the wooded area. Master Deputy Sheriff Ryan Flood said Tuesday that the authorities had not confirmed any of these sightings, but said that extra deputies were patrolling the apartment complex. Property managers were also distributing flyers that warned children against walking in the woods alone at night. And the calls to the police continue. On Monday, a child at a different complex phoned the police to report another clown sighting. How do clowns, supposedly agents of humor and good fun, cause this kind of chaos? 
Across the United States, clown sightings spring up like jack-in-the-boxes, and our collective fear of evil clowns has a way of elevating a local nuisance to a national news story. In 2014, there were a number of reported sightings, from Albuquerque to Fishers, Indiana. Last year, a clown was spotted skulking around a Chicago cemetery, and just a few weeks ago, residents of Green Bay, Wisconsin, reported that a clown was seen toddling around town, clutching a bunch of black balloons. Some locals made a sport out of spotting the Green Bay clown, whom they nicknamed Gags. But others pulled out their firearms, according to C.J. Guzan, a local actor who said that the Gags project was just a viral marketing stunt for a movie. It's getting a little bit scary because people are starting to believe it a little bit more, and we're starting to see some of those unsettling pictures on Facebook, Mr. Guzan told a local ABC affiliate, not of the clown, but of people armed and preparing to defend themselves, saying, I can't go outside because I'm afraid of clowns, or whatever. That's just a little too far. The pranksters, viral marketers, and criminals may be taking advantage of a cultural fear of clowns. But Stephen Schlotzman, a child psychiatrist who teaches a course on the psychology of horror films at Harvard University, suggests that something more primal could be at work. Humans are built to recognize patterns from an early age, and a clown's exaggerated human features set off a primordial warning bell from within our crocodile brains, Dr. Schultzman said in an interview on Tuesday. It has this kind of capacity to grab you emotionally before it grabs you cognitively. That's the key to making something viral online, actually, to make people emotionally engaged before they're intellectually engaged. In his years researching the things that scare us, Dr. Schlotzman has also uncovered another truism. Horror is almost never about the thing that's scary. The horror unravels once terrified people respond. When the locals take their guns out and fire into the woods, it's not that different from people going with their pitchforks into the woods after Frankenstein's monster, he said, adding, it never ends well. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. And yes, there's a name for fear of clowns. It's cholrophobia. A study by the University of Sheffield on children concluded that clowns are universally disliked by children. Some found them quite frightening and unknowable. This may be because of the nature of clowns' makeup hiding their faces making them potential threats in disguise. As a psychology professor at California State University, Northridge stated, Young children are very reactive to a familiar body type with an unfamiliar face. Even horror master Stephen King admitted to Reuters that clowns scare him. King, whose 1986 horror novel It tells the story of a supernatural being, character name Pennywise the Dancing Clown, an evil clown that terrorizes the residents of a small main town. King told the Bangor Daily News that fear of clowns touches a nerve with children and adults alike. Clowns with their white faces and red lips are so different and so grotesque compared to normal people. The clown furor will pass, as these things do, but it'll come back because under the right circumstances, clowns really can be terrifying. King admitted he'd be unnerved to find a pale-faced, red-lipped prankster skulking near his Bangor home. If I saw a clown lurking under a lonely bridge, 
are peering up at me from a sewer grate, with or without balloons. I'd be scared, too, he told the newspaper. Hi, Georgie. Aren't you going to say hello? King's macabre imagination has produced dozens of shiver-inducing works, including The Shining and Misery. In 2014, he was awarded the U.S. National Medal for the Arts in recognition of his work. But King is just one of many who have used clowns to spark terror in the minds of kids and adults. We all remember the Joker, the nemesis of Batman, whose key features are chalk-white skin, green hair, red lips, and a permanent smile, purportedly caused by a chemical bath, and in various appearances is depicted as a murderous and sadistic psychopath. Then there was Laughing Jack, a famous creepy pasta character whose form is that of a small doll shaped like a clown. He was given to Isaac Grossman for a Christmas present by a guardian angel, but Jack became evil and sadistic and eventually killed Isaac for neglecting him, then went on to kill others. And there was the bicycle doctor in the film Pee-wee's Big Adventure, a malevolent clown disguised as a doctor who destroys Pee-wee Herman's beloved bicycle after feigning attempts to repair it. And, of course, there were many who wouldn't want Pee-wee Herman to babysit their kids, with or without a clown outfit. And don't forget Captain Spaulding, a gas station owner, museum operator, and patriarch of the murderous Firefly family, featured in the Rob Zombie films House of 1000 Corpses and its sequel, The Devil's Rejects. Captain Spaulding is portrayed by actor Sid Haig. In the music world, it was insane clown posse members Violent J and Shaggy 2 Dope who presented themselves as wicked clowns and rapped about the dark carnival storyline in their music. And from the Twisted Metal video game series, there was Sweet Tooth, a homicidal clown-themed ice cream truck driver in the Twisted Metal franchise. And Hollywood has been busy using clowns to frighten the bejesus out of us. Remember Killer Clowns from Outer Space, the 1988 horror comedy monster movie about carnivorous aliens from outer space that resemble, you guessed it, clowns. And Poltergeist, the 1982 supernatural movie directed by Toby Hooper which features a clown doll in several scenes. During the finale, this doll becomes possessed by a demonic presence and attempts to strangle the character Robbie Freeling. And what horror film fan can forget? Clown House, a slasher film in which three mental patients escape and stalk a young boy home from the circus, dressed in clown costumes. Or the 1978 film Halloween and its 2007 remake. Michael Myers murders his older sister, Judith Myers, while dressed as a clown. In Halloween 4, The Return of Michael Myers, Michael's niece, Jamie Lloyd, wears a clown costume when she stabs her foster mother with a pair of scissors. So, it's pretty obvious that clowns have been getting an unfair shake in the last few decades from pop culture and from the media. But, whoever said life was fair? And to the question, why the irrational fear of clowns? Probably a cultural or generational change. In much the same way that circuses, zoos, museums, and other venues that perform publicly are being forced to change to accept new norms. In the same way, clowns are being pushed out of favor by books, movies, and video games that have tried to show an evil side to clowns. And they've been successful at it. And now, it's only fitting that we give Clowns of America International the last say. Here's the last press release we could find. In 2014, Clowns of America International responded to the depiction of Twisty on American Horror Story and evil clowns in media generally. President Glenn Kohlberger said, 
Hollywood makes money sensationalizing the norm. They can take any situation, no matter how good or pure, and turn it into a nightmare. We do not support in any way, shape, or form any medium that sensationalizes or adds to the coolerphobia or clown fear. Oh, and one piece of advice. If you plan on doing any clown acts, make sure the people know you are coming and schedule time to put on and take off your makeup and clown outfit in private while at the venue. You don't want to be spotted driving through any South Carolina neighborhoods and stopping to ask kids directions. Thanks for joining us at 1001 Heroes, Legends, Histories, and Mysteries. Please share our show with your friends at facebook.com forward slash 1001 Heroes. And join us at our website at 1001storiespodcast.com. This is your host and storyteller, John Hagedorn. And this is the blooper I promised you at the beginning of the show. Enjoy, and we'll see you next time. And don't forget Captain Spaulding, a gas station owner, museum operator, and patriarch of the murderous Firefly family. And patriarch of the murderous Firefly family. <laughs> and patriarch of the and patriarch of the murderous Firefly family. <laughs> Firefly family. Eesh. And patriarch of the murderous Firefly fly, of the murderous Firefly family. bodies come in different shapes and sizes, so doesn't it make sense that our weight loss plans should too? That's the beauty of Noom. They build a personal plan that factors in dietary restrictions, medical issues, and other personal needs so your plan works for you. Noom doesn't restrict or shame when you want to treat yourself. Their flexible program focuses on progress. Instead of perfection, you don't have to give up carbs or anything. And with their daily lessons, you can learn something new about your food choices every day. After just a few days of using the app, I learned how to recognize cues for overeating and how to choose the right foods to feel full. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com. And check out Noom's first ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for 100 healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold.